Welcome to the Small But Mighty Biz Stories Podcast, where we talk about the inspiration and motivation behind your small business. Here's your host, Karen Wilson. Hello there, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another Small But Mighty Biz Story. Today, I'm excited to speak with Simone Givney, the Managing Director and Head of Partnerships and Marketing with Ingredior, an Australian-based company that specializes in growing and scaling businesses. Simone, thank you for being here. Please tell everyone about yourself. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, so generally speaking, when I explain myself to people, um, crazy is probably a word that I should use. Uh, but essentially, <laughs> essentially, I'm a person with multiple interests that has one core uh, underlying factor to it, which is to help raise people's self-awareness. And so everything I do rotates around that. Um, and they, for all the different things that I get involved in, um, all of them have a common thread and that common thread is to help in some way raise self-awareness through education mm. and using different activities, different ways of, of working with people, you know, sort of breaking in, break, breaking into, to their biases and breaking down their, um, misconceptions and or, um, you know, confirmation perceptions around what it is they they think and and sort of challenging their their structure uh to to think outside the box um i'm a massive believer that when you learn you grow and when you grow you thrive uh so you know when when people are thinking about how they might grow and learn you don't necessarily do that on your own you need others to sort of challenge your thinking by way of, of, you know, not aggressively challenge, but challenge your thinking by way of, you know, what you may have been raised with or what you may have learned over your, the course of your life. So all of these, all of these organizations that I'm involved in, all these businesses that I have are, are centered around that. That's great. So you've mentioned all these businesses. What are all these businesses? I know now I've mentioned Ingredior, which is uh, you help businesses grow and scale through uh, a multidisciplinary group of services that are available. Um, but I know that you have a few other businesses on the go. So tell me about the, that. Yeah, well, Ingredior is, I guess, what you would say the concrete to the foundation of a house. So it's mm-hmm. it's the stabilizer that helps the other businesses function, uh, and mm-hmm. and that's because I I firmly believe that you know if you have multiple interests, you can actually you know chase them, you can achieve them, um, if you create the structure to allow you to do so. So Ingredior sort of is the the business that holds the resources, it holds the staff, it holds the 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 structure that allows the other businesses to thrive. Uh, and so when you you know the one of the things that I have done um, is recognize first and foremost that I can't do it on my own. None of this can happen on my own. Um, so for each of the businesses that I have that I'll get into in a second, I've 
actively sought out business partners that I can work with that complement my skills so that there's always two people working on the business at any given time, which obviously oh, allows that to, to benefit more. Um, and, and, you know, it, it helps it grow a bit more and it, um, gives us, gives me access to, uh, I can, it helps me with accountability. It helps me challenge my own thinking of how the business should go. Um, but it also allows a different level of expertise to come into the business to help it do what it needs to do. So the other businesses that I also have is Wellness in a Box, which is based around health and wellness, you know, well-being and well-mindfulness. So we use the the five senses of the body, the the underlying current to Wellness in a Box's psychology. So what we try and do is have a box that gets delivered to your home every month with a different theme and that box is designed to tantalize you by way of learning more about yourself through tactile items so the the 10 things that come in that box you know you might not know anything about it but that's actually the beautiful part about it because you'll begin to to open up your mind to learning if you actually start to play around with it and just get a bit curious um you know i think that's the x factor for me curiosity and and being ex- insatiably curious in everything that I do. Uh, the next one is wellness in a box, which is around uh, financial. Uh, sorry, I said talk about wellness in a box. The next one is well, um, wealth monster, which is financial literacy. So it's a game uh, that is designed for tweens and teens, and what that does is uh, teach kids about financial literacy, not just. Math, the math of, of financial literacy, but how it works, what is money for, what, how can you use it um, f- to your advantage? You know, when you get paid, it's yes, you get paid for the hours that you do and the work that you do, but what can you do with that money? Why should you mm. do different things with that money rather than just spend it? Um, so it's about, it's about using money wisely. Um, and we do it through a really fun game. There's cute little monsters. We had a kid design the artwork for it. We've had experts in, um, you know, audio production do all the music for it. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a fun little game. Um, my, my daughter plays it. Um, and she kicks my butt each time she, she plays it. <laughs> Um, which is very embarrassing. <laughs> and then the uh, the other one that I have, uh, the other business that I have is Skill Vault, which is an e-learning platform. So it's generally a, a hosting platform for people to bring their expertise. Uh, you know, way back when in, in 2019, uh, I sat down with my business partner of Ingredior and I said, look, we need to start doing some recession planning uh inevitably this recessions come in cycles roughly around 10 to 12 years it's it's going to happen it does that's just the inevitability of of the economy that we live in uh, that we work within uh and so we started building skill vault uh as a recession plan for ingredient and uh my prediction was around end of 2020 something was going to happen i didn't anticipate a global pandemic <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> and, and the impact that would have, but nonetheless, we were very prepared and ready to go. So we, we kicked off Skill Vault in March 2020, and that gave access to consultants to like create a 
course that they could put onto our website Mm. and continue to get revenue even though the world had been shut down. Um, So that was just very good timing on our part. I mean, good planning as well because we'd done the the recession planning session, um, but also good timing. Uh, So that's how Skillball came to be. Uh, And then the other one we have is MiniRin, which is an investment company. Uh, So we invest in medium-sized businesses who are kind of at that phase where they're ready to grow, um, but they need working capital to do so. So sometimes we do just cash investments. Sometimes we do cash and services. So Ingredio would provide services to uh, the the investment. So you know, smart mm-hmm. smart capital, smart equity, as well as just capital um, investment. And we we use that to to a from our perspective, it allows us to better service our investments to ensure that we have that degree of oversight um, and reality is we have invested interest in making it work so mm. when you know when we start to do the smart equity play that's usually when people get the best solution um, and and the best possible outcome because we are we are significantly driving that whole that whole um, process and so yeah that's yeah. kind of you know when we look at all of those businesses, you know, they all have a sort of education thread to it, which comes back to my raising self-awareness and just wanting to to help. So on Ingredior, for example, we've spent two and a half years just producing free content, free worksheets, free booklets, free articles you know we go into significant depths and levels of information around finance marketing partnerships equity Mm. um you know working capital purely just because there's this i have this firm belief that you know when you create value and when you give freely inevitably people will seek you out and come and come to find you yes that i firmly believe that as well um so I love that you have this seemingly on the surface very different group of businesses but you have a really clear common thread of that curiosity and uh self-awareness piece which you know drives the development of all of them now I assume Ingridior came first or was it something one of the other ones no what crazy crazily uh <laughs> that is such a word uh i they all <laughs> came at the same time so oh, i really? <laughs> yes so crazy um but in 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 2014 um i was actually hit by a truck and the uh i couldn't I couldn't really walk. I couldn't stand. I, I, I had a five-month-old baby at the time. Um, I couldn't hold her. I couldn't, uh, you know, do, do, do mm. the things that you would normally be able to do. And so I then had to go on a journey of, of recovery uh, and, and rebuild my body again. And it was kind of at that moment that I thought, you know, I, I came from corporate enterprise. I was in, in, in line to be CEO. Um, and I just thought, you know what? that's not really who I am. I always knew deep down I would go off and do my own thing. I knew that I had more to give than what corporate enterprise could allow me to give. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I always felt very, very restrained and confined by corporate enterprise. Even though I enjoyed the roles I did, I still felt restrained. Um, and, I'm, you know, not that I wanted to toot my own horn, but I I understand people. I, I, I've i got this, um, you know, thirst, thirst for knowledge around behavioural science um, and that drives a lot of what I do. So when I see something or I hear something and I get a feel for something just based on monitoring patterns of people and communities, uh, you know, I, I try and put forward good solutions. And I think a lot of the time it's just a little bit too outside of the box or it's just a little bit too ahead of its time. Um, and corporations can't really jump on it because they themselves are restrained so I, I just mm-hmm. found that really really a vicious cycle for me um and so you know after being hit by the truck I kind of went you know what this is it's time now I think it's time that I that I review what I'm doing and it's now or never um you know which is the, you know, the saying everyone says but it's not necessarily true I could have done it later but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I figured why not take the opportunity that's been presented to me. Um, and so, you know, I, I started, um, you know, working out how that could work. I had a few things I had to do by way of because um, I was on the way to work when I had the accident. I had work cover and lawyers and, and uh, things to deal with. So there were things that I did have to do that um, prohibited me from running off and doing exactly what I wanted when I wanted, um, but I still had that plan in place ready to go. And so after I went through that process and the court case had been finalised and, and you know, the, the parties had been charged and so on and so forth, um, you know, I, I was able, I was free, I was able to just do whatever I wanted. Uh, and I had surgery uh, when I le- launched all of these businesses. I was also having knee surgery um, as a result of the car accident. And and so I thought, you know, why not? You know, like it can be done. It, there's, there's, you know, if it's meant to be, it will happen. I, <laughs> you know, I'll, I will drive this forth. Um, and so, yeah, they all kind of came at the same time. And I really quickly recognised that, Ingredial was always going to be that foundation, that engine that drove everything else. Um, and those other businesses, you know, pay Ingredial to do, do the work that it does. Um, so, you know, it doesn't do it for free. It, it, it really is its own commercial product. Um, yeah. and when we, when we started doing smart equity and we started doing work for for my other businesses ingredient or I mean when ingredient was doing work for those other businesses I thought you know other businesses need this support they need this help surely I'm not the only one that would be sitting here thinking hey why do I need staff when I can just use ingredient um and so we started offering it to a more broader market and yeah what a, you know, the rest is history as they say <laughs> yeah that is that's quite an interesting origin story for this (laughs) quite unique Mm -hmm. yeah I I I can't imagine it's what I find so fascinating is uh you know you were saying that you could have done it later um 
And and you always knew that you were probably going to leave corporate because corporate's so constraining. And I, I know so many people can relate to that feeling. I know I do. Um, I just left the corporate world last year, and so it's uh, it, it's wonderful to to have that you know, be the the captain of your ship and and go in the direction that you want to go and not have those constraints that uh, happen in in the corporate world. How do you operate differently as as the CEO of your own companies than you would in the corporate world? I find that I'm able to be significantly more agile and responsive to the market so you know one of the things that I do try and do very heavily is stay on top of what's going on and talk with my team and make decisions you know in an hour or, or half an hour as opposed to putting together a report putting that up the chain having other people discuss it on whether it's got merit or not and then it eventually coming back down to me and by then we've potentially lost the edge um so you know one of the things that I do with with my companies and with my team is that if something drops in the line um you know I run it through a a critique so one of the things that Ingridio does do for businesses and for our clients is we give them a baseline. So we do discovery sessions with them and we do do, um, you know, strategy with them so that we say, okay, here is your baseline. You can take opportunities, but we're not going to let you fall below the line, which most businesses do, um, and especially small businesses. So, you know, so many so many businesses fall prey to what I refer to as chasing that shiny ball. And and one of the things that I think is is very detrimental to businesses is not every opportunity is a good opportunity. You've got to run it through mm. a gauntlet, a, a critique. And so what yeah. what I do for our my businesses and what I help other businesses do is really just drive that baseline and go, yes, that is a brilliant opportunity, but does it do these five things? Uh, and and if, if any of those five things is a no, I don't do it. Um, and, and my team know that I operate like that. So if something comes up, um, you know, we, I'll immediately run it through that gauntlet because I've documented that. I know what that critique is. I, I, I know what my criteria is for allowing opportunities to flourish. Um, and I then talk with the team and go, team, what do you think? Do you think we should do this? What What are your objections? Um, to to pull them into the fray and and get their buy in, um, because inevitably they will be helping me drive it, right? So I I need to yeah. make sure that they're they're with me, um, and that they equally agree to it. Um, and and then if the answer is yes to all of those, we go ahead with it. Yeah. So what are some examples of the different uh, critiques that you make? Are you looking at the alignment of um, of values? Are you looking at the the financial opportunity? what What are some of the things that you're looking for in in the various potential opportunities that you're pursuing? All of those things and more. So looking yeah. at it from a perspective of does it 
does it speak to our objectives and goals as a business? Mm-hmm. Um, will it in fact be beneficial for both parties? Because the second that you sit there and think to yourself, it's beneficial to me and my business, yeah. then you've potentially lost the game. It has to be beneficial for both parties. Otherwise, there's an unfair slant and advantage and someone at some point will start to become resentful um, or you'll get malicious intent kind of starting to come through. So, you know, making sure that it benefits. Yeah, yeah. I'm making sure that it benefits both parties equally um, and, and being able to actually identify what that is. So, you know, knowing what, what, this whatever the opportunity is knowing how that benefits your counterparty as well as yourself um the other thing is obviously finance so making sure that if there is money to be spent on it that it is of value to both businesses who are who are engaging in the opportunity not just one or the other because again when it comes to money that is the breaker of relationships um in in all aspects of our life generally um so on that front it's extremely important to make sure that it that's very clear um but also my team so you know will the team will this be something fun for the team to work on will this help them grow will this build their own portfolio um you know it is it is it something that can be fun in market um so you know one of the things that um, part of my background is doing major festivals. So while I was at university, um, I, I volunteered for I think it was fifty odd, um, you know, opportunity. I volunteered across fifty opportunities over the course of a one year period, um, and wow. the the company that I was doing my volunteer work with, um, you know, while I was at uni, while I had three jobs, um, you know, they one of the ladies left I was six months out of graduating and one of the ladies left there or the the only lady left there actually because it was a very small business and you know the owner said hey what's what's this chick like this chick Simone what's she like and she, the you know the lady that was leaving said she's brilliant she's really on top of it she's given so much to us already and so I got the job um, so I left wow. uni six months out. I was very lucky, actually. I was still able to graduate because my, my teachers worked with me and I was able to do it via correspondence, um, which these days wouldn't be a problem, right? But back then, yeah. um, correspondence Ooh. didn't really yeah. exist. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, doing, doing your university degree by video didn't really exist. Uh, so, you know, I did it by my correspondence. I still graduated, but I, I had a six, I had a full-time job six months before I'd finished. Um, and, and so, you know, doing those sorts of things, you know, really allow you to, to step outside. Um, but it also makes you really attuned. So, you know, during the, those festival days, you know, I'd be doing, you have 60 70 hour weeks on twenty three thousand dollars a year which is is quite um quite low here in australia uh yeah the the average wage here in australia is around sixty thousand uh and you know for for like a kind of in uh, you know fifty thousand for an entry level sixty thousand for like a coordinator role and then kind of go up from there uh, so as you can imagine, you know, 60, 70 hours a week for $23,000 is not that much. 
Um, but I would do it again over and over because it was the director and I, we ran these major festivals and I came out of that experience 10 years ahead of anyone my age because of what I'd learned during that time. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it's really important that when you're, when you're looking at opportunities that get presented to you, I could have sat there and said, you know what, $23,000 a year, no thanks, I'm worth more than that because I've gone to uni and I've graduated. Uh, I mean, yes, I could have taken that approach, but I didn't. I, I thought more strategically about it. And I think inevitably that's the approach you need to take in business is thinking what is going to be the long-term value out of what this opportunity brings? Is is there something further down the track that we can look at? How will it benefit both parties? Is, you know, how will it benefit firstly and foremostly our consumers? You know, and that's a really, really important part of, of the criteria. Um, you know, a lot of businesses, I was only saying this today at a, at a luncheon, a lot of businesses do actually look at it from the perspective of, oh, this works for us and that's the product we want to put out there or that's the service we want to put out there. But it, it doesn't actually matter what you do or what you say in the world. It's how it's perceived that matters. So you could be the best company in the world and if, it, if your message is not landing and it's not perceived the way you intend it, then it's, it's pointless and you can never, you can never um, judge or, or force someone to perceive the message in the way you want them to perceive it, everybody will take it how they want to take it. So, you know, having yeah. that perspective with all these opportunities uh, that come come to you is really important, you know. Yeah, that is so very true regarding the the messaging and whether it's clear and interpreted accurately. Um, so I get the sense from, from your background that you're not someone who likes to sit still for very long. <laughs> yeah, look, I think, um, again, it kind of comes back to being strategic. So I, I like learning new skills. My, my whole, um, my whole purpose is curiosity. So I just have this insatiable thirst for, cu for for knowledge and information, and my curiosity factor um, just always drives me. And so I thought to myself, you know, over the years, you know, I first foray into the workforce through that role I was telling you about with major festivals, and I thought, you know, how do people how do people get good at what they do? They get good at what they do by trying to master their skill and apply it across many different. Uh, situations and experiences to see how well they go. So my my purpose then became, okay, how many in different industries can I find that I can apply this skill that I have, um, which was well beyond just managing festivals. You know, there's so many components to it. Uh, there's, you know, sponsorship and there's partnership and there's operations and there's media and there's managing volunteers and there's managing expectations and managing my boss um yeah. you know I was literally the glue that kept it all together um and so you know how do I take that skill and how do I apply it to different industries and sectors so that I craft that skill hone, hone in on on how to knuckle it down a bit more refine it like a 
beautiful sharpened knife um, and then look at learning other stuff along the way. So, you know, I've, I've, without no knowledge in disaster resilience whatsoever, I managed the state government's disaster resilience initiative um, and not because I needed that disaster resilience experience. I had plenty of people within government that had that experience of 20, 30, 40 years. That's not what they needed from me. What they needed was someone to pull everyone together to to yeah. to move to a common purpose. Um, and so that's the role I performed. Like, you know, my my role was to bring everyone together to find that common thread to be like, hey, guys, 26 different departments of state government we're in this together how can we better manage this this messaging going out to our people uh mm -hmm. and, and looking at how that that worked um and you know i equally applied that knowledge in in news enterprise same thing you know bringing editorial and advertising together as you can imagine was a whole barrel of fun um, yeah. you know, advertising, to, you know, advertising wanted to deliver to their clients to bring in revenue, which is obviously very important, but editorial is a very legacy driven sector and industry. And they wanted, you know, the, the, uh, to have integrity within the editorial pieces. And so you'd constantly have right. advertising saying, Hey, we need to do this and editorial would say, no, that's, that's not that's not practice. That's not what how we do this. We've got to have journalistic integrity, which is true because people won't read the newspaper or won't, people won't read news or media if there is no integrity. Um, yeah, but, you yeah. know, so I had to kind of try and bring in that balance of like, okay, guys, inevitably we all have to work in the same sandpit. How do we do this more effectively? Um yeah. You know, same as I've worked for uh, a medical research institution doing the exact same thing, trying to apply that skill to pull together researchers, scientists, um, donors, uh, philanthropists, uh, you know, all these different yeah. you know, people, all these different components. So, yeah, I think, you know, when, when you think long game, um, Every, all the little nuances in between don't really matter. Yeah. Would you say that the ability, that that ability to bring people together to work toward a common goal, is that, do you think that that's one of the most important skills for a business leader to have? Absolutely. Without a doubt. If If you struggle to bring people together to a common goal, how will you ever be able to deliver? Yeah. You know, it's, I think people get really wrapped up in, I have to do it myself because I have to be seen as the person that is delivering this. I have to be seen as the person who's trying. I have to be seen, you know, the number of small business owners and medium-sized business owners that come across uh, my my sort of desk, if you want to call it that, um, and and you know there, it's very much an I scenario. So I I I want to run it like this. I need to do it like that. I need oh I'll do that. And it's like no no no, you you definitely don't need to do that. <laughs> um, you you what you need to do is be the CEO of your company and allow your people to deliver for you. You know, I say to my team all the time, I'm here to support you. 
I'm at your mercy. You're not at mine. Um, and that's really important because it gives them a, a degree of faith and trust in me that they know that whatever happens, I've got their back. I'm there to support them. I'm going to let them try first. And if they can't do it, then yell out to me. I'm here for you, but try, you know. Um, and, yeah. and if and if many of these businesses stepped outside of I need to do this myself so I get the kudos and I get the credit, they could actually achieve so much more, so much more if they step outside of that space. Yeah. I I recently said, you know, something came to mind when I was doing some, um, you know, early morning thinking one day and I, I just wrote down, you have to let go to grow. And I, I shared that with my business coach and, um, and, and now it's kind of, it's one of those things that comes up on a regular basis. And, and what I'm finding is that it's so common that as business owners, we will hang on to things that we think that only we can do, or we think that we have to be the one to do um, when we don't really. And, and there's lots of different reasons for that. What are some of the reasons that the business owners you encounter hang on to things that they should really be letting go of? A lot of it comes down to, you know, they, they, they start their business because they have an expertise in a particular area. Um, <laughs> and once you've, I suppose most most people feel once you've gotten to that point where you've mastered that skill, having to hand that over is almost to a degree like, well, why did I bother all that heartache, all that hard work, everything that I've done to master this skill, and now I'm just handing that over? Uh, I think there's a degree of of control that business owners want to keep because they have to feel as though they matter. They have to feel as though they're contributing. They have to feel as though they're driving this because it is theirs to drive. Um, but, you know, if businesses were treated a little bit more like kids, you know, by way of for the first few years of its of its life, yes, it, it, it does heavily rely on you. Yes, it needs you. Yes, it needs to be stroked and loved and told that it's wonderful. Um, but you've got to, you know, once you hit sort of like year three, four, five, six, seven, you've got to really start to let it do its own thing and just be there to guide it and be its, its hand of reason. Um, and I think, you know, when, when business owners do tend to approach their business, they get so used to being in the doing that they then mm -hmm. forget to let go. So they just, they, they, because you have to start the first few years really heavily involved. And yeah. then what happens is they get used to that. That becomes their identity. They, they're right. They identify themselves as that person who works their butt off and doesn't have a life and has nothing else but this. And so then that becomes a part of who they are. And, you know, what psychology tells us is that once you have deemed something as your identity, 
it is exceptionally hard to let go because that is part of who you are. And if you take that away, what do they have left? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a that's a real battle, I think, for so many uh, business owners just trying to to start to separate yourself from the business and form a more full identity. Um, because you've probably been in those first couple of years working nights, weekends, um, and, and trying to push hard for the growth you want. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of the time it's not even their fault that they feel that way. Um, it, it has a lot to do with knowledge. So if you go into business because you have a particular expertise, then you know, like let's, for example, use a hairdresser. That's a very niche skill, like, you know, cutting hair. So you get groomed in this hairdressing environment throughout your career. And then suddenly you say to yourself, hmm, I would like to open a salon myself. Thanks. So you do that mm. because you love being a hairdresser. You love people. You, you want, you want to create an environment that you feel that people would love. But inevitably, hairdressing is your skill not managing a business and so what tends to happen is they will they will want to grow but they don't know how and so they they grow with what they know because they don't want to seek out help because their identity is their business and they need that kudos and credibility to say I did it I did this um and and so then they get in this kind of I guess vortex of, of of um you know, horse before the cart because they or cart before the horse because they want to, they want to be able to grow, but then they don't really know how. But then they don't want to seek out help yeah. because they want to do it themselves. But then they know they're doing things wrong. They don't know how to fix it, so they'll run off and try and research it themselves, and they end up falling down the rabbit hole. You know, of of yeah. you know, like Alice in Wonderland. So then, what happens is. The business starts to suffer. They then jump on any opportunity they can and it completely takes them on a parallel path to what they originally wanted their business to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the examples I always use is, um, bookkeeping. Unless you have a finance background, um, you don't start a business knowing how to, maintain the books and set a budget necessarily it's it's not the same as the process for doing it for your personal life although as you know (laughs) because of Mm -hmm. your app not everybody knows how to do that even in their personal life because it's just not covered in schools and so uh so the at least it's not in north america (laughs) Definitely um, not here either. These are global problem, hence the app. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. It makes those apps really helpful, but uh, but just that whole process of going from you know not having to manage finances in a business to doing it for yourself. That's a huge learning curve because you're not, it's not just about recording expenses and, and, uh, and revenue. It's also about, you know, the tax considerations and the structure of your business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many things to consider. 
Absolutely, without a doubt. And look, you know, managing a business is different to being able to be a HR person to manage staff, which is different to understanding, you know, supply mm-hmm. chain and under and then actually having the skill to perform the work that you as your business has promised they can do. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of hats that you have to wear and a lot of it requires you to be on the ground, in the dirt, you know, doing the do. Um, so the last thing you then want mm. is to have to be pulled out of that to then have to go off and learn how to do the other stuff. And so what inevitably happens is they don't and then they either maintain at the level they are, which to some might be okay, to others is extraordinarily frustrating, um, or they fall to pieces. So, you yeah. know, that's that's why the business, the you know, the survival of businesses beyond five years is is so low. Um, you know, the the, the yeah. prevalence of business failure is so high for that reason because they get to that five year mark, they don't know how to grow, they've they they start to understand the ramifications of the naive business decisions that they've made in the last five years for no other reason other than just lack of knowledge. Um or, or access to people that can help them. Um, and, mm-hmm. and inevitably they burn themselves out because they've done it themselves the whole time through. Um, and, and either haven't sought out help because they haven't wanted to, don't believe in it, haven't been able to afford it, whatever the reason is. Um, you know, and, yeah. and that's why a majority of them fail. Yeah. And so then that is, that's, that's kind of how you work in Ingredients to is to help educate business owners, uh, and 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 offer them services to support them and and allow them to grow without making some of those naive decisions that can lead to uh, unfortunate outcomes. Absolutely, you know, Ingredior, um you know, we f- for those businesses who really just think, you know what, I need help. I I don't even want to try and guess this. I just need people that know what they're doing. We've we've got things to help them with that. We come in and do the do the work with them for them. You know, that their team become our team becomes their team and for a time. So we don't really hold businesses for longer than, say, two years because the whole point of coming to us is that we we come in, we help you strategize, we help you kickstart that strategy delivery using our team so that you don't have to divert from your core business operations. You can still do mm-hmm. you uh, and you can still engage your audience and consumers and, and focus on that. And we, we help you deliver strategy to get you that baseline. And then we either A, continue to work with you or B, we help you, you know, by then you would have built your, your working capital and your revenue. We then help you find the relevant staff members required to take over whatever it is we've created. We train them and then we, we let you free range in your beautiful little paddock that you've created for yourself. Um, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Or alternatively, what we do is, um, 
a lot there are a lot of business owners out there that do feel that they do know it already um, and if they do that's okay what we have created then is a series of worksheets on our website and so we'll do booklets worksheets articles and they are designed as like piece piecemeal size you know when you used to go to the supermarket and you could get that like pick and mix chocolate where you could like pick what chocolate yeah. you wanted and put it in the little baggie it's it's you know yeah. kind of the same concept where you get that pick and mix style and you know the the worksheets and stuff are designed to just challenge your thinking around certain things that you either think you know or that you just have no no like no clue about um and we do it in you know small increments so we try and build education over time now if you wanted to you could go on our website download all the worksheets get all the booklet like the e-booklets and things and really attack it yourself and have a red hot go at it because we don't hold back on information that we offer Mm. however that's if you've got the the time to do that so i mean if you do have that time awesome well done you like you, you're obviously doing something right, um, but if you don't have the time, then we're there to help do it for you and then we we kind of step aside after, you know, a year, two years, yeah. depending on what you need. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because when you are, when you're creating a strategy and also trying to implement, because often you actually have to be moving forward while this strategy is being developed um, it's a bit like driving you know trying to change the tires while the car is driving and that's you know juggling both of those things at the same time is an extremely tricky process Um, so, so I, I love the, the whole idea of what ingredient does of, of taking that whole strategy development off the plate of the business and, and working independently on that while they keep the run rate stuff going. That's so, you know, that's the dream. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of businesses, you know, for, for, for those that really understand, for those that want to grow and really understand that they can't do it all themselves, it, they're, they're the ones that find us um, mm-hmm. because they, they have that understanding that, you know, no matter what happens, they are the birth, they are the, the, the birth mother, the founder of that company. They will inevitably get the kudos and credibility they're looking for if that's what, if that's what they're chasing. Um, alternatively, if they want to make an impact on the world, then how do you do that faster is by surrounding yourself with those who have expertise that can help elevate you. Um, and again, inevitably, you will get the kudos and, and, and the credibility that you're looking for. So that kind of misconception around, I have to do it so I look good is, is just a narrative that no longer needs to exist in the business world. I think. Yeah. Simone, this conversation has been so much fun. I really, really enjoyed getting to know you and and about the work that you're doing with all of these different businesses. Um, Can you tell everyone how they can connect with you and find you online? Absolutely. So 
you are more than welcome to go to inkbreedior.com.au because we are in Australia. It's .com.au. Uh, and that's where you'll find a lot of the resources that I've been referring to if you are keen to challenge oneself. We do a lot of little quizzes ah. as well that you can get on there and do some quizzes because everyone loves a good quiz. Um, and, and, you know, it'll, it'll challenge you on different perspectives. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, which is, uh, Simone Givney. Um, also on Twitter, uh, at Simone and Events. Uh, way a throwback way back to my event days um <laughs> and you could also find me on instagram as simone givney so instagram is a bit more of like work and personal twitter is very much around conversation um and linkedin is more about hey this is what i'm hearing this is what i'm seeing this is what's going on in the zoo um have a you know check it out that's Fantastic. I will definitely be checking it out some more. And I hope everyone who's listening will as well. Um, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for joining me, Simone. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope everyone got something out of this in some way, shape or form. I have no doubt they did. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Small But Mighty Biz Stories. Want to hear more stories? Visit smallbutmightypod.com and be sure to tell us about your fave small biz so we can share their story too.